Um, well, we're talking about this next kingdom culture, which is the, the speaking life. Um, I'm not sure. I might do this over two weeks. I'm not sure. I, I just think there's, there's kind of some parts about this, about our words meaning something, our words speaking out. I think it's, again, like it's one of those things like um, being married to somebody who uh, is a language person. Um, Michelle speaks, you know, does sign language. She does sign language interpreting, and she loves words. She's always dissecting words and the importance and the value of words. And, um, and so it's just amazing that words can be, mean so much. And even, like, your interpretation of a word and my interpretation of a word means so much. So, like, I mean, I've, I've insulted a few people, um, and I'm sure you've been around those moments where, like, you said something, and it means nothing to you. Like me earlier, just realizing I'm saying, I just said crap, and I'm a pastor, and I'm sure for some people that's annoying or some weird, but that to me is like, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just part of my words, and it wouldn't mean something to me, but it might mean something to somebody else, so I apologize if it something to you, um, I, that my goal is not to insult you, um, but at the same time, it is true. We, we have words and meanings, and I think it's so important <clears throat> that we understand that this, this right here, and then this, this thing right there. I'm trying to point out my tongue for those who are hearing this, not seeing this. Um, our tongues matter. Our words matter. Our, what we say and declare is out of something in us. And I want to make sure that we are people who speak life. And I don't think I put this on the slide, and I apologize. Um, oh, I'm going to, what is speaking life? So we believe the power of life and death is in the tongue. As such, we are committed to speaking life through the lens of sincere love and faith. We ban criticism flattery, pessimistic, and cynic lang- cynical language from our speech. Gossip is a sin and necessitates repentance. Um, and it's important. Again, like, it's one of those things where, you know, churches love gossip. Most people love gossip. It's just one of those things. We're like, that's the, that's the sneaky sin. Again, like, but God says, like, I hate gossip. I can't stand it. And he wants us to speak truth he wants us to speak honorably with one another, which is, again, one of my points later. But I think it's one of the, um, we need to be about not being so critical. Now, I want to, I there's going to be a part of this where we're like, well, I guess you can't talk about your problems with anybody, right? Because that's talking bad about somebody, right? No, I don't want to ever say that. Because sometimes you need to get to a solution. So what do you do? You have to talk about it to get to wisdom, to get to a solution, as long as your conversation is about a solution, I don't think it's wrong to say, hey, this situation sucks. This person's being mean. This, I don't like this, and this is why I'm frustrated with this person. That's not a problem to say that you're frustrated with a person, to identify the problem and to go on to a solution. So I just want to make sure before I say this, like, I'm not saying you can't talk about things or circumstance, but I really encourage you, unless you're looking for a solution, that conversation's done. And especially if it doesn't pertain to you, that conversation is done. So just <laughs> I wanted to make sure, I wanted to make sure that gossip is one of those things that's well-defined. I need to, I might define it more but as we go along, but our words matter. So we weigh them carefully. Because out of, again, it says out of, um, out of uh, Proverbs 8, 21, 18, 21, sorry, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So out of our mouths come life and death. We want to make sure we're speaking life into situations, um, especially for a, a, com- a community and a life of lots of social media. Um, I'm sure if you ever get on there or if you have left it all together, I don't mind. I don't blame you for leaving social media because it's a, a nice pile of 
poo of just words, just constant words and garbage and hurt and anger and frustration and lots of words, lots of words being used. Um, but here's the thing. We will be held accountable for our words. I think, and especially, and I think it's not good to define it in America. America, we have freedom of speech, right? I don't want that to be permissible. We have freedom to speak life and truth. We are under a de- different kingship. This is different. We're different. We're not going to look like America because guess what? We are going to be held accountable to each word we say. And now um, I want to make sure, again, like we ask God, like, God, is this edible? Is this edifying? Edible. Is this edifying? <laughs> is this edifying to encouraging? Is this good that I'm saying this? Because, again, I don't want to be about just spewing whatever I feel like. And that's what we're in a culture of. We're spewing whatever we want to say. Whatever you want to say, you can say it. Well, except last year might be a little different. This, might, this definition's a little dated. Because some of the things that are happening now, again, like there's, there's some censorship and whatever. And, but again, before, even though there's still that permissive to say whatever you want to say. But I think it's really important in the age of communication, our words, whether we understand it or not, mean something. Each word has power. The things we say about others, the things we say about ourselves, I think it's important that we understand our words matter. Matthew 12, 36 through 37. But I tell you, everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Oh, boy. Every empty word that has been spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Who's scared? <laughs> like, praise God for the mercy of God, for the blood of Jesus, because that day's going to be a rough one without it. It's all right. I think, again, I think it's okay that God's going to haunt us a little bit with the understanding. He's giving us the fear of what we say. He's like, I, you need a little fear in what, what, what we say. We need to have a little self-control in what we say. We are called to have self-control. Now more than ever, words aren't held back. They're screamed, written, spray-painted. They're everywhere. Words are everywhere. We're more reckless than ever with our words. But God has called us to weigh each word, to walk in love. There's power and consequence to every word that we say. I really love this. Uh, I think Rich and I were talking about this. uh, James 3, 3 through 6. When we put bits into our mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by very, a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set in fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it is itself set on fire by hell. These things are dangerous. These things are very dangerous. With it, we can change our attitude. You know, we can change the way we perceive things. We can change the way we perceive others. When you constantly berate somebody and say something bad about somebody, as much as, yes, they may drive you crazy, it makes, I think, all the worse. You're speaking death over somebody. You're speaking hurt over somebody. You're speaking something that's not of God. But when you're like, you know what? Even using the phrase, bless your heart, <laughs> bless their hearts. 
Um, that's like, I mean, I'm sorry, it's, it's a cuss word in Kentucky. That's just what it is. It's a sneaky cuss word of like, really, you're not really blessing them. You're really cursing them using language. You're using words because you really don't care for that person. Instead, if you really cared for them, you would have some self-control and you'd bite the words that you think because this thing is constantly doing this thing and this thing is like, I'll say it, I'll say it. It's like, no, how about you shut up for a minute, be still, quiet, gentle. I mean, we're called to be wise as serpents, gentle as doves, not loud as doves because, I don't know, we're called to be gentle, quiet in our speech. So I think it's one of those things, if we are wanting to see the church, again, like we want to see our church grow, we want to see our families grow in a good, healthy way, do we say, man, my family sucks. My family's awful. We'll never get there. Well, guess what? Just spoke three lies over ourselves, and I also spoke three curses over our family, over our church family. I break agreement with that. I think our church family is going to grow. I think our church family is going to grow in wisdom, in discipleship as a family. We're going to go and we're going to see many people to know, come to know Jesus because you guys are going to be bold and step out in faith and do it. Now, have we done it yet? Not yet, but because I'm speaking these things and because you start changing your language, the whole ship's going to change, whether you know it or not. It may take time. Now, that rudder can change the direction the pilot wants to go. It may take a while to get there, but we need to start speaking life. There's power in every word we say. And what we behold, I think this is important, what we behold comes out. If you watch the news, guess what? You're going to be talking about the news. If you watch a bunch of garbage TV, (laughs) probably that's what you're going to talk about. That's your thing. That's your topic of conversation. What you behold comes out of you. Um, Matthew 15, 1 through 20. Let's see here. Oh, hold on. (laughs) I think I changed this slide. So I'm going to read it. (laughs) I changed it. I apologize. I sent this this morning, so I changed it. So no pressure. I'm going to just read it out to you guys. Uh, Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. But you say, if anyone declares what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father and mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile, but what comes out of the mouth is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and said, and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be put, pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They're blind guides. If the blind leads the blind... Both will fall into a pit. Peter said, even, could you explain the parable to us? Okay, you said this, okay. And Jesus is like, are you so dull? Are you guys so, so dull? I'm trying to get to you. It was pretty clear what he was trying to say. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth from the heart, and, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile him. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts 
murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. He's really emphasizing the fact that, again, like, what comes out of the heart? Because what you behold gets in here. It gets in here. It gets in your heart. It gets in there. Whether you know it or not, like, again, like, I always kind of laughed at, like, years ago, I used to watch, like, certain drama TV, and I'm like, and everything in my life kind of seemed a little extra dramatic. <laughs> it shifted my perspective. And then the way I talked was a little more dramatic. It was just, it was just different. It's amazing. I was just like, I don't think I used to be like this. And then I noticed, I'm like, it's because I'm watching this. I need to stop watching that. I'm done. It just shifted my perspective. It was changing the way I perceived others. It was changing the way I perceived my life and my, the way things were happening and speaking life into things. So I became a little more dramatic. What you put into you, if you're, again, like, if you're angry at somebody and you wish them ill, I mean, again, like, Jesus defined, you don't have to murder somebody, but you can be angry and wish they were dead. That's still murder. That's still hate. Adultery, it comes out of your mouth, man. Like, just you commenting to somebody like, wow, that girl's hot. Like, that is still adultery, okay? You're lusting after another, man, another woman or another man. False testimony, lying about somebody, just lying. It's really important. What comes out of here defiles you. And here, Matthew 12, 33 through 37, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who say evil, who are evil, say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everything Everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they've spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted. Again, the, this passage seems familiar. This is the context of that passage I read earlier. By your words, you'll be acquitted, for your words will, and by your words, you'll be condemned. It's important that we have some self-control. So we have power. We have power that comes to words, so we need to weigh them carefully. What we behold comes out, so we need to watch what we are, our eye gate. What, what are we perceiving? Are we spending too much time? What are we spending our time on? Like, what are some things? Okay, I'm just going to ask you guys. What are some things that we spend time on, too much time on? Or, or even just things you're like, man, I need to have some self-control in what I perceive. What are some things? Television. Television. Facebook, Facebook yes. Yeah. Yeah, you can perceive worry. Yeah, yes. You can perceive, that could be something you're perceiving. Again, that's not of you. That's of something else. It's not of you. We're not given a spirit of fear, but of self-control, love, and power. That's good. Anything else? Music. Yeah, the wrong kind of music. Man, there's some music or even like some, some weak Christian music sometimes could be even the things. Like I think it's important that we have a balance to what we perceive. Because again, I was just listening to uh, somebody yesterday who was just so challenged by it. It was a guy who's actually a pastor in um, um, Iran, and he's working and he's talking about, he's like, man, the reason why our church in the Western world is struggling is because, first of all, we start out with the fact that he loves us. And then we eventually get to kingship, but mostly we avoid the kingship part because that would be just awkward, right? You know, you don't want to give him everything. You want to give him most things. He said, but we start out here 
He's king, so he is in ruler of everything, and then he loves us. So he's like, we've reversed it. And so here's the fact. Um, Lord, help me remember my strain of thought because I was a bunny trail. <laughs> uh, but it's just important to perceive God as Lord. And when we take self-control of things and we give up the things, and even the music, and like if the music's all about us and having like, again, like it's really important that we watch what we listen to. Watch what we listen to. Yeah. Watch what we listen to. Um, again, because like there's, 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 there's worship leaders that are coming out with false theology. They're coming out because they're not staying in the word. They're staying in the culture. They're staying in something really close to it. But again, it's important that we stay in the word. Sometimes, I mean, some of us need to confess that we spend too much time with teachers. We perceive too many teachers, but not the word. Because again, you cannot, you can't, the word is perfect. The perfect word of God, we learn from that. That's where everybody learns it. But if we spend too much time on teachers, we're not going to get our own revelation. So making sure we are perceiving the word. I think it's really good that all these things, like in Facebook, worry, television, these things are taking way too much of our time up. And okay, I'm just, this is also sidebar. This is something we're trying to do with our kids. So again, there's, did you, how many hours do you think a kid spends watching television? Actually, this is important. How many hours a year? Guess. How, like total, in total. You can spend a number out. I mean, you're not, it's not a test. You're not failing. 12,000. <laughs> 12, well, that's a little, a little less, which is good. It's less than that, which is good. <laughs> That'd be awful. 1,000. Actually, it's dead on. Dead on. 1,000 hours, which is three hours a day. It might actually be more. It might actually be more now, but three hours a day. You don't think that's much, but try spending 1,000 hours outside. It becomes a little tricky. That's what we've been trying to do. Michelle's been actually like, there's this little wonderful Facebook group. They're like, hey, let's try to commit to spending 1,000 hours outside instead of 1,000 hours on TV. It's really hard to do that. <laughs> it's really tricky. Like, oh my gosh, I have to do it every day intentionally, finding time out time. It's fun when you start getting to it, but it's really challenging. But to think about all those hours that are wasted on television, so many hours, so much time. Try spending 1,000 hours outside yourself this year. Like, what would happen? How hard would that be? We waste it naturally, and how do we get to that point? It comes like a slippery slope. What we behold really affects us. All right. Matthew, oh, hold on. I skipped the passage. Don't do that. Um, I skipped ahead. Uh, the, uh, where am I at? The lips of the wise. Okay, there we go. <laughs> oh, man. I think I actually added another passage, so I'm just going to, oh, here we go. I found my place. Sorry about that. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of fools are not upright. Again, we want to spread knowledge. We want to spread like the love of Christ. Our words have the ability. How often do we intentionally speak life into situations, spread information, the love of Jesus? It's important because we want to be full of that. We want to be full of wisdom, full of kindness, full of what we are. We want to spread something out. In Luke 6, 43 through 49, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Oh, actually, maybe it's not there. Oh, okay. It's our computer. That's all right. 
I got love our computers. Well, I'll read it. Oh, behold it. Uh, oh, he's skipping it. Oh, you're skipping to the part. All right. Oh, thank you. You're kind. So thoughtful. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh. Oh, there we go. Okay, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick up fig, pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. On rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who builds a house on the ground without foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed. Its destruction was complete. What you behold is important. What you intake and bear in your heart, put into practice. Again, it's not like, oh, that was nice. Thank you for saying the word. No, it's like now put into practice because then it's in your word and then your heart. You can't just hear things. You know, again, like go to college. Anybody who's been to college or even classes? Who's been to school? A lot of us have been to school. All of us should have been to school. Do you remember some of the things that you were taught? Like, okay, algebra. Does anybody remember algebra? Oh, my God. Oh, that's not fair. You're teachers. <laughs> I was so set up for that one. Geometry? Oh, praise God. Okay. Hey, <laughs> watch that. Uh, but if you have that, if you don't put into practice and keep into practice, is it still there? For most of you, algebra is dead and gone. It never existed, except for the fact that horrible memory of trying to remember it. You, it's gone. If you don't put into practice, it's not in here. It's not in here. It's gone. So put into practice what God's called you to do. It's important that we store up things. Again, I love this example from, a, uh, I think it was Todd White. He said, if you squeeze an orange, you squeeze it, and apple juice comes out, that'd be a little weird. Like, are you really an orange? No, you might not be an orange. Actually, it might be a little confused. What you have in you, what you, when squeeze, and again, I know no one's been liking this last year and a half, but I, I like what it's doing to our hearts, to be honest. I like the squeezing because it's really testing my heart. It's been testing my heart for, and hopefully it's been testing your heart and you're being allowed to be tested because I want what's in me to be squeezed out of me and I want what's coming out of me to be of God and I really want that to be of God. So it's important that when we're shaking, when we're squeezed, that we look like what we're called to be. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things of these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Some of these are hard for some of us. Again, I'll be honest, a lot of these are hard for me sometimes. Again, having frustration, driving on the road, I get a little ticked off with people. Um, you know, even filthy language. Man, I remember when I first learned my first cuss word. I remember that day pretty well. And it was pretty stupid. So it's just one of those things where, like, I remember when I started these words that were not flattering. And it's been a struggle. And again, I know, I'm not even going to point any fingers. I know probably all of us struggle at some point or another. Speaking life, when you hit your finger, um, when you slam, you know, hit that, it just, 
Sometimes it's a little hard to speak a little life in some situations, and you're like, man, you know, just a good cuss word just make me feel a little better right here. I sympathize and empathize with that. Okay. But here's the reality again. Like, it's not calling to say, like, you know, you can't cuss anymore. I'm not, this is not a should and shouldn't. It's just saying, like, Lord, I really want to have a mouth that speaks life. And that's something I struggle with and I wrestle with, and I want that. It's not to say I don't want to start cussing anymore. I, don't, I want, it's like, don't, don't focus on the don't do's. Focus on what God's called you to do. So, like, if you're like, man, if I, I need to stop cussing, well, then that's probably the thing you're going to struggle for a while on doing. So stop focusing on that. Start focusing on Jesus, and maybe your language will be improved a little bit. I know mine's improved a little, <laughs> but God help me. I got to keep pursuing that. I got to keep pursuing him. All right, uh, let's see here. I think this is good. Proverbs twelve eighteen. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I love that. Like, I don't, I, there's too many swords out right now. And I got this word picture of every image, like just, just daggers, people, even Christians, stabbing one another with words and anger and frustration and accusation. It's like, stop it. Let's speak a little life and healing. Let's speak a little restoration in each other's. There's too many words being spoken too fast. And for a person who mumbles and talks too fast, I know. I, that's my problem. <laughs> We're called to be slow, slow. We're called to die to ourselves and allow Holy Spirit to flow out of us. It is no longer that we that live, but Christ that lives in us. We want to speak what he wants. We need to be aware of his thoughts. And with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevines bear figs? Can an apple tree bear oranges? Neither can the salt Spring produce fresh water. So we want to be full of the Spirit, moving in the Spirit. And this is a big one. And I'm going to be saying this hopefully a lot. You'll probably be hearing this a lot. Culture of honor. This is something that we were, I love this one. Somebody mentioned this to me. I'm like, culture of honor. Like, what does that mean? Like, when you talk about somebody, how do you talk about them? I mean, I'm grateful you guys talk great about me. At least like in front of me, it's really great. But... I'm sure there's sometimes you're like, oh, that Caleb. <laughs> but again, like some of you guys, like you wonder if you heard people the way they talked about you, and you just walk, and you know there's moments, you probably have had those moments where you walk in the room and they're talking about you, and it's not good. You remember those and how much that hurt your heart. I want us to always talk like people like they're in the room and esteem them above yourself. Culture of honor. This isn't saying culture of lying. Like, we're not saying, hey, they're so amazing. In fact, they, they've memorized. They don't make up stuff about them. You just say, you know what I love about them? You know what I love about Dakota? He's just amazing. He's just so persistent. He's so consistent, and he's so on fire for the Lord. You know what I love about David and Miranda? They're just here every week loving. I love their smiles. I love their adoration. I love their worship. I love Man, when I talk with Mike, and even though I don't get to see you as often as I want to, we talk, and we're on fire for the Lord, esteeming one another by says, Kathy, and I wish I could have been here, but I loved it, and it sounds like you and Fred did just an amazing job. Again, I love you guys. I love each one of you. But here's the thing. 
it feels nice to be totally, again, I'm not making this up. I love you all. But here's the thing. We don't talk honorably about one another as much as we could. Take opportunities to speak life and honor above everything. Again, like, sometimes people don't feel like they earned honor a little bit, okay? Like, there's some people out there that we don't, we don't respect, but we still honor them. There are some people, and I'm going to say government, <clears throat> there are some people, there's some people that are in our leaders and in the schools. Honor them. That doesn't mean you have to love what they do. Honor them. Speak life into them. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you can't agree, and you, it doesn't mean the things that they're doing aren't right or wrong. It means honor them. God put them there. That sucks sometimes. But we still honor them with our lips. We say, God, bless them. Work in their lives. I mean, I'm sure the Israel wasn't big king of King Nebuchadnezzar. I don't, it was a little hard to honor this guy because he kind of took over their country and took them all into slavery. That's kind of hard to honor. But Daniel honored him. He did some things that he, God called him to do, but he always honored him, which is why he was the second-hand man in the kingdom eventually. Like, there's a reason, because he had a culture of honor. It's really hard. But with our words, I think, again, it's, a, it's not to say we can't agree. Again, I'm only going to go into specifics, because I know we all know these people. We all know our situations and our frustrations and the things that burn us. But in Proverbs 26, 20, without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. It's important that Facebook is perceived as a place of great gossip because we're all talking about a problem that we can't fix. We're all commenting and hoping things will be better. How much better is it that we love and esteem one another for who they are? It's just easy. Again, like guarding our words, speaking life in the situations, things that we don't agree with. God, we want things to move. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The way we talk, the way with the kindness, we can say hard things in love. I love like the unoffendable heart. You can walk in repentance and love, but honestly be honest with people. That's a hard one, talking to people about hard things in love. That's not things we love to do. But as parents, sometimes you have to do that. Your instinct is, I want to smack you, I want to yell at you, I want to scream at you, but if I do that, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to destroy your heart. I'm going to destroy who you are as a person. Instead, I will shift and die to myself and say, I'm not going to yell and scream in the way my flesh wants. I'm going to say, or I think, oh, what was it you guys said? Oh, I loved your advice. It was something that changed your lives forever. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember, Fred and Kathy, what you guys told me. It was the way you guys directed, redirected what you don't want them to do because kids can't hear, I think, negative. They can't say, stop doing that. They only hear, do that. So they don't hear the stop, and then they hear the do that. And then they do it, which is why it annoys you. They're like, why are you doing the things I just told you not to do? And they're like, I can't hear you negative. So what you do is say, hey, I can give you encouragement. So just shifting your language, it's important to shift our language. We're not being politically correct. We're being kind and godly. We want to be godly in what we do and how we say and how we speak. Um, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, for those who speak rashly will come to ruin. That's Proverbs 13.3. This is wisdom. 
This is the wisdom book. We want to learn from wisdom. God, who gave him wisdom, even if it came at the end of his life, he was full of wisdom. And I'm getting to the end, I promise. I'm, this is just important, though. I really want to emphasize it's so important. God wants us to be very careful with our words, and not only careful with our words, but powerful with our words. Instead of just saying, well, I can't say anything now, like, no, speak truth, speak life, speak love. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, any, about anything they ask for it, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gathered in my name, there I am with them. It's so important that we come to agreement and pray in agreement, even if we don't feel it in our heart. Pray together and try to be in agreement in spirit. We want to mutually encourage. We pray. We uplift. Sometimes it is our drive to meet together and bring down people with our lips. But God has called us to speak life where we may see no life. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. I think I'm just going to end with this because I have a few more passages. Again, I, just, I could go on. I could go on. But I've been going on for a while, and I don't want you to just forget. But I think it's important. Like we, I think we read Ezekiel 37 a few days ago. Or like, I don't remember where I was reading it through, but it was just powerful, like the power of words. He's trying to show you through words what it does. And again, we're getting to the prophetic. Because again, we are being too in tune with our flesh and out of tune with the prophetic and the Spirit of God. I want to be in tune with the Spirit of God. We're called to prophesy and speak life where there is no life. There is a lot of death going on. I want to start speaking life. That's what we're called to do. Life bearers. We're light. We are the light of the earth, salt of the earth. Who are we? That's what we are. <laughs> That's who we're called to be. So let's do that. Let's be the light. Let's look like light. So I'm going to read this, um, and then we're just going just gonna to pray. We're just going to pray and just ask the Lord to give us words and Maybe even repent for some things that we're angry about, like things that we've spoken. I know I've spoken rashly several times, and man, I have got to repent for that nonsense. It's just, it's ridiculous. I get that way, and I want to speak with kindness. I think I was reading, like, let your word be, um, like, the words of your mouth be, oh, is it salty? Or like, I forget, savory. I forget. I don't know. There's a, there's a passage I was reading this morning. I was just like trying to remind myself, like, Lord, I want to be, have my mouth full of salt, like, kind, restoring, life-giving. I don't want to be harsh. I want to be gentle. It's easy to be harsh. It's a little hard to die to yourself and speak life where you don't feel like you want to say it. So I'm going to read this over you. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me in the, by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many of bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and, and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you'll come to life and then you will know I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there came a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. 
I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath on them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say, it to, say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breath, for the four winds and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Let's start speaking a little life. That's power. But it's not through us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that speaks within us. We need to be life bearers. We need to be moving in the Spirit. And if you guys don't know how to do that, again, I'm not saying you should know how to do this. If you don't know how to do this, we'll walk in that. I mean, there's things. Judy's been working on the prophetic. I know that we've had people, um, I know Laura, like she's been doing the prophetic. She's done it and operated and walked in it. There's people, and I love the pro- I love pro- prophecy. That shifted my whole perspective of the Lord. I remember my first prophetic word, it's important that we prophesy. It changes lives. It shifted my perspective of who God was, and it showed me that he sees me in my circumstance, and we need to be operating in that power. We need to be showing that God sees you, he loves you, and here's what he has for you. So if you guys want to stand with me, um, we're just going to pray. I don't want to end it with music. I just want to end it with whatever it is. I just want you to spit. Just, I love how you guys, I think we just sat for a second. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let's, I'll, I'll shut up and let him speak. Just ask the Lord, though. Ask him, like, is there anything? Is there words? Is there any conviction, Lord? Invite him to start speaking to you. just as you just are waiting, if you're hearing something, you just feel the need to repent, let's repent. We've been harsh with your words. Repent to the Lord. Because we can repent. Remember those four R's, we can repent. We can receive his forgiveness. We can rebuke the lie that the damage has been done. And we can Replace that with God. You redeem beauty for ashes. You do a new thing. Just take time. If there's anything, any person that you've been speaking harshly, even if whatever it is, whatever God's leading you and prompting you, let's just repent of that.
Mm. Father, we just thank you. God, we just want to be a church that speaks life. We don't want to be critical. We don't want to gossip. We don't want to be angry with our words. God, we just rebuke the attack of the enemy that says that, God, this is, this is all you're going to be able to do is just, you're just a negative Nancy, like you're just a negative whatever Nelly or, I can't think, negative Nick. I mean, we've got to get a male version of that in there. Um, but Lord, we just rebuke that lie. This is not who we're called to be or that our words are too destructive and there's no way that things could change. We rebuke that lie in Jesus' name. God, we replace that. Lord, we know that when we speak life, you do move. When we pray and ask things in your name, you do move. And you've called us to work together, to share their frustrations together, to speak life together. We need to be warriors that serve one another. Speaking truth. Our weapons of warfare are speaking truth. Speaking the word. God, I just want to become mighty warriors of truth, a lighthouse, a hopeful place. Because we don't wrestle against, <laughs> we don't wrestle against the flesh. We wrestle against principalities and darkness of this age. That's why we can speak to the people that hurt us, that make us angry, that make, the people that provoke things in our flesh that, says, that say things that, man, are just so unholy. There's a reason why we can die to our flesh. It's because you have died for us. It's your blood. It's the, by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can speak to the darkness of this age and pray against them and rebuke them in Jesus' name and walk in love to the people. Man, that feels so unlovable sometimes. Father, I just ask forgiveness for my harsh words. Lord, I want to walk with purity and holiness. I want to be gentle. I want to be kind. I want to be my words to be full of salt and just flavorful and life-bringing, gentle, restoring. I want to heal wounds with my words, not make wounds. Lord, I want to, I want to be a kind person. And I, just Lord, and I know that's our desire as a church to become a place of healing and restoration where so many harsh words have been spoken in the past. Thank you, Lord, that that's been this place for a long time. God, let it continue to be so in even increasing measure. We want to see, see broken people come to know who you are through words and declarations and breaking lies and chains and accusation and shame. In Jesus' name, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I love you guys. I think it's so important. And I was just reminded of this story, and I apologize. I know I've been talking for a long time. I just remember there's a time. It's important to speak life into one another. And I think Kathy was a good example for Dan. Um, if you guys were here, you just being a warrior, you were a warrior for that person speaking life in a circumstance on Dan's life. Uh, praise God. I mean, for those who don't know, Danny, little Danny was born. There was a moment we were scared. There was like a little, like a, a tumor or something going on. We weren't sure what it was, and it disappeared. It's gone. It's gone now. It's not there anymore because God does do healing and does do miracles, and praise the Lord for that. But at that point, there was a lot of fear that was going on in his heart, 
and you spoke into him and you shifted his perspective. And I also remember this time with Michelle, like I love being, again, I know Judy, you've said it several times and I, and I, I will echo it. Men, pray over your wives. I think it's important. It was my privilege. Friends, pray over one another. Sisters in Christ, pray over one another. Brothers in Christ, don't be ashamed of needing and being honest with where you are, but also don't be awkward to go ahead. You know what? I'm going to pray over you. Let's pray about that. Let's go for it. Because I remember my, my wife was just speaking a lot of, this is like when we were on the road doing fundraising, and it was just awful. Um, it was great, but awful. Like, you know, we got rejected by a bunch of people, and we were just like, man, we're never going to get financially provided for. I don't know how we're going to do this. And we're driving yet 45 minutes to meet one person who probably won't support us. And, and this is the things that were coming out of her mouth. And she's like, I don't think we're going to be able to do this. I think this is going to be a big failure. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of like, nope, <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. And I just, I was, I mean, I was driving. So I was, but I was like laid hands on her and just like, no, in Jesus' name, get out, Satan. This is not happening. You're not attacking us. You're, you're, you're a liar. You're a thief. You're a destroyer. What you're trying to do here is wrong. Get out. And again, like I didn't know exactly all the words to say, but I was irritated with what was going on. It was a spirit of evil. And I think it's important, again, like be warriors, be wild. You guys might look a little ridiculous sometimes, and that's okay. Kathy, you were unabashed, but you know, I know you're also quiet. So again, I was really shocked when that came out. But I was also saying, I just felt the overwhelming sense of the Spirit of the Lord on you. It just felt like so much love. Again, we need to love each other like that. Speaking life, break off the agreement, stop you know, to say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to stop you there. You've talked death long enough. I need to speak a little life in you right now and pray the word over you. Can we pray? Stop the complaining. Let's start in the praying because nothing's going to change when you start just keep complaining. So anyway, that was just something I want to encourage at the last second. Men, pray for your wives. Sisters, pray for one another. Lay hands on one another and pray for each other daily. We're all getting attacked by the enemy. He doesn't stop. So keep praying. Keep, keep pressing in. Keep speaking life. 